0: Starting a new series today, and I'm very excited about this series. It's going to help lead us into the Easter season. Easter is just about four or five weeks away. Now it's second Sunday in April. It's going to be an awesome Easter here at New Life Church. And so I'm very excited to get into this series. Um, if you're unfamiliar with how I teach here at New Life, when, um, I took over in August last year. I like to teach in a series. The reason why I do it in a series is because I am so easily distracted, and this helps keep me focused because I'm preaching, and I'm like, Squirrel! like all over the place. So this helps keep me focused. And also, listen, listen, faith is not a destination. Faith is a journey. So I don't care where you're at in your relationship with God. Nobody has arrived. Nobody can say, yeah, I've I've learned everything I need to know about faith. I have perfected faith. Go ahead and take me now, Lord. I'm good to go. Nobody can say that. It's a journey. And so that means no matter where you're at in your faith journey, we all have a next step to take. We all have an area to grow in or an area to improve in. And so we're all working and uh, living this journey and this life together. And so this series is going to help us to answer the questions, God, what is next? What is next? What do you want to do in me? And what do you want to do through me? All right. So at the end of today's message... There's going to be no doubt and no question in your mind what it means to be the church. If you've been at New Life Church before, you've heard me say this, the church is not a place. Who is the church? We are the church. We're thankful for this facility. There's lots of good things taking place on this property, but the church is a group of people. So we're going to start by reading Romans chapter 12. And I want us to read this together. Now, if you didn't get a handout and you want to fill in the blanks, you want to follow along, I've got all the scriptures. Raise your hand. Make sure the ushers take care of you real quick. There's a big blessing for those of you that follow and take these notes. Helps you to retain. Helps you to learn. God gives you bonuses. I don't know. That's not true. But it probably is true. Oh, also, next Sunday, we'll have the binders and the the notebooks ready for everybody who wants to keep these organized. If you are a little OCD and you like keeping things together and you just don't want them filling up your Bible like this and sticking out, we're going to have three uh, whole punch binders available just for, just for free out there in the co- coffee shop area for you guys. So that way, if you want to, you can keep these all organized and all together. So everybody should have the handouts. We'll have it on the screen. I want to read Romans 12:5 together. So everybody gets to preach with me this, for this first, first, this first Bible verse. Romans 12:5. let's say this together. <clears throat> Excuse me. Even though we are many individuals, Christ makes us one body and individuals who are connected to each other. Everybody say connected. Now, if you got a if you got a handout and you got a pen, circle that word connected. That is an important word here. Because again, I'm gonna reiterate this: church is not an event. It's not an event you attend or you come to once a week. No. Church is a family you belong to. This is scriptural. It's a relationship of uh, with people that you are connected to. It's a group you are a part of. It's not an event or a place that you just go to once a week to feel better about yourself or to do be a better person. No, it is a body of people, a group that you belong to, and the Bible teaches that we are connected to each other. This is an important teaching in the Word of God. God's saying this, you need to, if you're going to follow me, and you're going to really grow, and you're going to become somebody who I've, you know, I'm raising up, and I'm going to fulfill purpose in their life, this is something you need to understand. This is something you can't have doubts or question marks about. It's almost like, listen, this is so important, I'm going to show you benefits of what it means to be in this in this family, to be in the body of of believers, to be in the church. Instead of just attending church, what does it mean to be the church? And so what I want to do is scriptural, I want to show you four specific benefits that the Word of God teaches us that you can only receive from being in the relationship with the church, actually being the church, being a member of the family of God. There's a lot of great relationships in life. You've got marriage relationships, you've got family relationships, business relationships, you've got sports relationships, all these different things that bring and link people together. Social media, all these all these different ways where you can have relationships, but there's only one relationship that lasts for, for that lasts forever. Do you know what that relationship is? It's the one you have with God. It's the one you have with your church family. It's because that relationship is eternal. So God says, "Listen. There's only one source where you can get these benefits that I'm getting ready to share with you. There's only one source you can get these kind of benefits from, and that is from being the church, being a part of the church family, and being connected. So that's what we're going to emphasize today, get connected. So I want you to get your notes ready. We're going to write these down, pull it out. Number one is this. I'm going to go through these. i give you a scripture. I'm going to drop a bunch of word on you today, and then we're going to grow from this. Number one is this. <clears throat> Being the church connects me to God's eternal house. And this is important, eternal house. It connects me to God's eternal house. And so the first major benefit that I get from uh, being the church and being connected to God is this. God is building a spiritual house. So God says, here's what I'm going to do. I'm God. I can do this. I'm going to build something not out of wood. I'm not going to build it out of brick. I'm not going to build it out of steel. Even though people think that kind of thing will last forever, no, I'm going to build a spiritual house, and I'm going to do it with people. And I'm going to make it so that this spiritual house lasts forever. And then he says this, I'm going to invite you to be a part of this spiritual house so that you last forever. And it's important for you to understand how this operates. So let me give you some scripture. It's in your notes, 1 Corinthians 3. Don't you realize that all of you together are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God Lives in you. Ephesians 2, 21 and 22. We who believe are carefully joined together, becoming a holy temple or house for the Lord. And in Christ you are being built together to become a dwelling place in which God lives by his spirit. And all three of those word, all, all three of those verses, there is one word that was repeated three times. What was that word? Together. Thank you, Tony. Somebody listened. It was Tony. Together is in there three times. So, this is God saying, Listen, you can't do this on your own. For some reason, we have this independent mindset that has infiltrated the culture of the church. It's in the United States. We all want to be independent. We're all about our independence. I want to be financially independent. I want to be business independent. I want to be free. I want to be this. I want to. And listen. In the word of God, according to God's teaching here, you can't have that independent thinking and still thrive in the kingdom of God. I can't be isolated. I can't be on my own. I need you. You need me. So so God is teaching us here, together is how you become God's house. Together is how you grow. And then he goes on to emphasize, you're carefully joined together. You're being built together as a dwelling place for the presence of God and it's very important so a couple years ago uh, my wife and I we got onto this big um, home remodel my, my in-laws were amazing through this they helped because I really can't do anything my father-in-law knows how to do everything but we, we, we decided to change so many different things in our house. How many of you have done some big-time remodeling and upgrades in your house? You know what I'm talking about. It's a lot of work. It's a little, kind of crazy, a little hectic. But there are some things we learned about this, and I wrote some of these thoughts down when it comes to joining together and being together and being a part of this eternal house of God. I wrote this down. One is you can't build something with just one part. You can't build it with just one part. Um, it It took thousands of different parts for us to complete the project in our home. I mean, all these parts. And so for something to look right and to be beautiful and to be complete, it took every single part. And so that means this. You can't be a spiritual house all by yourself. You can't accomplish what God wants to do in his church all by your lonesome. You can't do it. You need me. I need you. So all all alone, not great. Together, we are the body of Christ. Together, we are the temple of God. Together, we are the house of God. The second thing I wrote down is all the parts have to fit together. As I took on this project, this was my project. I had a wall that I built out of shiplap. All right, it's like a cool look. It's a super cool looking wall. I've never done anything with wood in my life. It was I'm really, again, not good at this kind of stuff. And so I thought, man, what can I do? This would look cool. And I took on this project. And so I had to borrow all the tools. I borrowed like, a saw from my father-in-law because, again, he's got everything. I had to borrow a narrow gun from Barry Walmart because he also has everything. Barry came in, helped me do the first row so it was level. And he was like, you're on your own, brother. I was like, <laughs> went for it. Um, And and listen, I completed this wall, it looks amazing, I'm so proud of myself, I brag on it every day of my life, anytime anybody talks about a project, I'm like, oh yeah, well I did a wall, it's amazing. (laughs) Yeah, but you know what I learned through this process? Even when I was cutting this wood, if I was just a, I mean just a fourth of an inch, or an eighth of an inch off, when I went to put it in its place, it didn't look right. It didn't fit right. All the pieces had to fit together to form this beautiful picture. And so that togetherness is important. I also learned this. A part is useless until it's connected. It's useless until it's connected. For stability in a building um, or in a project, everything has to connect to everything else. If it's disconnected, it's no use. So what, what good is having a light switch if it's not connected to the source of the power? Flip it on and off, doesn't do anything. Might look nice, might be fancy, might be beautiful, but it doesn't work. So it has no purpose. It needs to be connected. It needs to actually power a light on and off. It needs to work right. And so that means this. If I'm not connected, there's a lot of people who are not connected who are spiritually useless. Did I say that? Yeah. That's all right. Y'all are asleep, so it's okay. Number four. I wrote this down. There can be a part that's inside the house but, not, but still not be a part of the house. Because while we were doing this project, there was piles of wood and just stuff everywhere. And so it was in the house, but until it was actually placed and connected, it didn't become part of the house. And so that leads me to tell you this, there are a lot of people, and in the United States, it's really bad in the church. There's a lot of people who are in the house of God who are actually not the house of God. Church is an event, Church is some place they go, but it is not who they are. And there is a difference between being the church and attending church. So I've learned this myself. I'll be out somewhere and I'll talk to someone who's coming to church. Maybe they're new here. And and I, I always know the difference between somebody who is really being the church and somebody who's just attending church because a lot of times they'll say it like this. They'll say, Pastor Josh, I love what God's doing at New Life. It's so great. We love your church so much. And they'll say, we love your church. And I'm like, oh, that's so sweet. Thanks. But when I hear someone say, Oh, Pastor Josh, I love what God's doing at New Life Church, I love our church so much. Oh man, that makes my heart just go. I get so excited. The difference between it being your church, Pastor Josh, because you're the pastor, and our church because I am being the church. Listen, New Life, this is our church. This is our house. This is our vision. This is not just about one person or one man or one woman or one group. This is ours. Everybody say, this is our house. house." This is our church. Now personalize it. This is my church. It's so important to be the church, not just attend church. It's so, so important. So what is the benefit? What is the benefit? Of, of actually being in God's eternal house. Well, 1 Timothy 3 teaches us this, that the church <coughs> excuse me, of the living God is the pillar and the foundation of the truth. Key words there, pillar and foundation. Pillar and foundation. What are pillars for? Pillars are used for support. What is a, a foundation for? A foundation is for stability. So the benefit of being in God's eternal house is that I find in this house support and stability. I find support and stability, so I belong. See, God has not just called us to believe. It's one thing to believe, but it's another to believe and belong. It's not enough to just believe. I believe all kinds of things, but I want to belong. I actually want to belong and be a part of God's eternal house. And when I am a part of God's eternal house, I find the, stu- the support and I find the stability that I need. So you and I were not meant to live this life disconnected. Because whenever you go through a difficult time and you go through a time where you don't know how you're going to stand or you don't know how you're going to make it, doesn't it help to have someone to lean on for support and stability during some of those difficult times? How many of you have called someone for prayer, for a word, for something during one of the weak moments in your life and they were there because they were in the family, the eternal house of God? I am so thankful. I'm so thankful for the support and stability that I find from being a part of God's house. This is so important. So that's number one. Number two, write this down. It connects me to the body of Christ. <clears throat> now, this, the body of Christ is, is one of the more, more illustrated picture words you or picture phrases you see in, in the Bible, where the Bible refers to the church as the body of Christ. So, I'm gonna, again, I'm going to read some Scripture, and then we're going to talk about it. Ephesians 1, 22 and 23, New Living Translation God has put everything under the authority of Christ, and God gave him his, this authority for the benefit of his church, which is the body of Christ. There's that phrase, Ephesians 4.25, in Christ's body, we're all connected to each other. There's that word connected again. Romans 12, 4 and 5, just as there are many parts to our bodies, so it is with Christ's body, there's that phrase, we're all parts of it, but it takes every one of us to make, it, to make it complete. We each have a different work to do. So we belong to each other. Did you know that? Did you know that you belong to me and I belong to you if we're in the body of Christ? Each of us needs all the others. So Romans 12, 4, and 5, there's so much in this one, one passage here. It says there's some, things, there's some important things that we need to know about. First, it says that the church is many different parts. So we're all different. We're all unique. Everybody take a moment. Look down your row. Look around. Turn your head. Spin it around. Tell me if you find your twin in here this morning. Man, if there was an identical twin, that would be a trip, right? <laughs> no, it's because God is a unique God. Ain't anybody in here that looks just like you, and anybody in here that's dressed just like you, you're an individual. You're unique. God is a creative, imaginative God, and God's a God of diversity. So when he created you, he created you to be you, just you. There aren't any other yous, and I'm so thankful for that. How boring would church be if we were all the same cookie-cutter Christians? Everybody was like, praise the Lord. Pray. That was, it would be so boring. We clap different. We sing different. So I was joking in the early service, and I'll joke with you guys, too. So I'm a loud clapper. I clap loud. I got long arms, so I've got like this lots of motion and force. I'm like, boom, boom, during worship services. A lot of times at the end of service, my hands are red and hurt because I've been clapping so loud for Jesus. And so we were in a staff meeting, and Hillary was talking, and she was like, hey, you know that you clap really loud? I was like, well, Yeah. She's like, sometimes you clap so loud and offbeat that it throws us off in the band. <laughs> so now, so now I'm clapping like, I'm clapping like little, little, little lap hats and little golf claps. And I'm kind of, I'm always self-conscious that I'm going to throw the band off. So the, the worship service stinks. That's because Pastor Josh was clapping so loud. It's like, thanks, Hillary. haven't you learned that God is a God of diversity he loves the different shapes he loves the different colors he loves the different styles that's why new life is such a diverse church and that's why I'm so thankful for the diversity in this church you want to know why listen we don't just we don't just we don't just promote diversity we celebrate it in this house you want to know why it's because I want our church to look like what heaven's going to look like one day just all kinds of different folks and people praising the Lord, lifting up and magnifying the name of Jesus, celebrating and, and being joyful. And he says this, he says, every part is needed to make this body complete. Because there's some people who don't think that they're needed in the body of Christ. They're like, yeah, they don't need me. You know, you got all these different parts and, and they refers to a body. So some people have this attitude and this mentality, like, I'm not needed. I'm like, I'm like the toenail of the body of Christ, Pastor Josh. I'm like, and I've i have just, I'm not important. And I'm, I'm I'm thinking, how many of you have ever stubbed a toe or lost a toenail before? You realize real quick how important that toenail is. It's very important, very very important. When that toenail is hurting, or you've clipped it too short, and then everything you touch hurts. I know that was pretty. That was a pretty sad statement I made. It made me sound like a wuss, but I'm just being honest. So listen, even though you might be a toenail, you matter to Jesus. You do. The toenails matter at New Life Church. The toenails matter to the body of Christ. It's so important. Not everybody can be a mouth and I've got a big one and I'm thankful for my mouth and we got some great mouths in this church but not everybody can be a mouth. Um, The Bible says this though. He says the hand can't say to the ear um, I don't need you and the I can't say to the nose I don't need you and the mouth can't say to the foot I don't need you and so you can't ever say to anybody else you're not not necessary. You're not important because every single part is important for the body to function the way it's supposed to. Every, Every one of us matter and so that means this everybody's got a different role to play in the church not everybody's on stage we don't need everybody on stage I've heard some of y'all saying you sing like I clap (laughs) not everybody's a teacher but that's okay it's like a puzzle you put a puzzle together we all have a different piece we all have a different part to play but in order for that picture to be complete we all have to do our part how many of you have put a puzzle together and at the end you were missing one piece isn't that the most frustrating thing? How many of you know what a puzzle is? It's 2020. I don't know. It's... How many of you put a puzzle together on your iPad? I don't know. What do we do? But it's like when you, when you put together this picture and you're missing this one piece, it's all you tend to focus on what is missing. It's because you need that piece because that piece matters. It's important. It's vital. It's necessary. And so that piece is, is, is important. And so um, that teaches me this. If I don't do my part in the body of Christ, it actually hurts you. If you don't you do your part in the body of Christ, it actually affects and hurts me. It's because, again, we don't have a complete beautiful picture unless you're doing your part and I'm doing my part. It's so important. Um, I wrote this down. Never confuse prominence with significance. Never confuse prominence with significance. They're not the same thing. Like, like for example, um, look at my profile. Zoom in like we did earlier. Can you see? Look at this nose. You see this nose? It's prominent. It sticks out. This nose has been this long since the seventh grade. Seventh grade. I'm 6'4", 200-something pounds now as a grown man, but when you're a five-foot-tall, 11-and-a-half-year-old, and a half year old and you got this big old nose, guess what? There were days where I would walk, I'd be walking into a classroom, my nose would walk in 20 minutes before I did. I'm like catching up. Prominent. It's what I got. It's the nose God gave me. It is what it is. Prominent. Now, here's what I want you to understand. Even though it's prominent, stands out, feels like it's important because you see it first or because it bumps into everything. Listen, I could live this life without this nose. I could. I could make it. It might be tough. might be difficult. But I could live this life without this nose. But there are things on my bo- or in my body that you can't see that are not prominent. A heart, a set of lungs, liver, kidney, some very important vital organs that even though they're not prominent, they're so significant. Because without those organs, guess what happens to Josh? Yeah, he gone. (laughs) Ain't no Josh left. They're so significant. And so this is what you've got to understand. Just because, just because it looks like it's the most important, doesn't mean it is. Every single part is important. Every single part is significant in the body of Christ. There's no big me, little you, no one cap. No, it does not matter. Just because somebody's on the stage does not mean that they're more significant than somebody handing something out in the lobby. Everybody has a role to play. Everybody has a part to play and It's so important. So uh, after Monday night of Winter Bible Seminar, the power went out at our house. I'd watched a basketball game. I was hungry. I was downstairs making a turkey sandwich. (laughs) Excuse me, and the power went out. And so I learned a valuable lesson in this moment I'm going to share with you about prominence and significance. So you would think that the most important light in your house is the brightest light, the entryway light. Because it's the biggest, it's the biggest fixture, has the most light bulbs. You turn it on and it it, it shines the brightest, illuminates most of the room. It's not. Because when the power went out the other night, I had my refrigerator open. And I was choosing between mayonnaise and tartar sauce. And when the power went out, I couldn't tell which is which. I don't want a turkey sandwich with tartar sauce. That's nasty. So I learned a valuable lesson in that moment. The most important light in your house is the refrigerator light. <laughs> Somebody say amen. It is. The brightest light ain't always the most important, it's not. Every light matters. And in that moment, it was the little light because I didn't want tartar sauce on my turkey sandwich. That's gross. It's very, very important. You got to see this difference. Remember, we are all important. We all have significance. And the Bible says that we all belong to each other. I need you. You need me in the body of Christ. Eyeball can't say to the mouth, no, I don't need you. Mouth can't say to the toenail, no, I don't need you. We all need each other. Write this down. I cannot fulfill God's purpose for my life by myself. I cannot fulfill God's purpose for my life by myself. I can't do it. I, am, I, am, I have served in the church, for my wife and I, for over 20 years. I grew up in the church. My parents have been pastors my entire life. But let me tell you something. It is not just because I had parents, good parents who were pastors that, that shaped and made me who I am. I had some great men and women of God all throughout my life, from children's ministry on up who helped shape me and mold me, and it took a lot of different people for me to become who I am. I brag about all kinds of different people all the time. Um, when I was a kid, you know who led me to the Holy Spirit when I was a kid? Uh, Chuck Harold at the Civic Center when we had first get, got started. Me and and I think Charlie C. and I think J.V. Vance were back there praying. We all received the Holy Spirit together back there, just three of us in a little room in a children's church, in a children's church, makeshift children's church room. And and Chuck Harold passed on, went on to be with the Lord, and then broke up. Uh, not too long, ago, broke my heart, but I'm so thankful for people like him. That was over 35, 30, 34 years ago. All kinds of people who helped shape me and make me who I am today, who, who were doing their part, being their, being their part in the body of Christ because they mattered to God. Colossians 2.19, they are, con- they are not connected just to Christ, who's the head of the body, but we are joined together in his body by his strong sinews, which is the connective tissue, And we grow only as we get our nourishment and strength from God. I love this. We grow only. Grow only. And you may not like this, but this is the truth. You only grow the way you're supposed to grow in the body of Christ by being connected. By being a part, actually connected to Christ's body. For some reason in the United States culture, there's this big wave and this big movement where I don't need the church. I don't need to be a church. I don't need to go to church. I don't need to worship. I just need me and Jesus. Me and Jesus, I'm good to go. And it's just not true. It's not true. You will not grow the way you are supposed to grow in your faith and your relationship with God without being connected. You need me. I need you. You can't grow being disconnected. How hard how hard do you think it would be for my arm to grow being disconnected from the rest of my body? Wouldn't work. He needs the blood, he needs the organs, he needs the life, he needs the energy, he needs the nervous system, he needs all of those things in order to grow. So your connections keep you growing, keep you growing, and it's so important. You cannot grow to spiritual maturity all by yourself. Spiritual maturity is a big goal for so many people. I want to be spiritually mature, I want to be spiritually mature, Pastor Josh. A lot of people think spiritual maturity is a conduct. I am spiritual mature, yes, I don't know what I'm doing right there, but... I'm spiritually mature. Do you really want to know what spiritual maturity is in Scripture? Do you want to know what it is? you want to know how you've got that ultimate goal of maturity according to God's Word? It's love. And it's so deep, right? But it's true. It's how you love. Do you love the way God loves? Because if you love the way God loves, that's a sign of spiritual maturity. That's the ultimate sign of spiritual maturity. And let me tell you something. You can't learn to love the way you're supposed to learn to love unless you spend a little bit of time around some unlovely people don't look around that's the truth (laughs) we know who they are don't need to point them out we need those people in our life and we need the support of of our friends and our family and so we want our body to get healthy we want our, our 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 the body of Christ to stay healthy so what's the benefit what's the benefit of being connected to the body of Christ I wrote this down I grow I grow in my faith I grow in my freedom So I I start by getting the support and stability, and then I I grow by, by my faith and my freedom. Number three, being connected, is it connects me to God's family. And you can't get this from anywhere else, being connected to God's family. Uh, you can't get this connection to God's family at your business. You can't get it at the job. You can't get it at a school. And I mean God's family. I'm talking about being connected to this massive, giant family that has existed for thousands and thousands of years. People that, people that have been a part of his family since the beginning of time that are a part of this is one massive family. And this is so important and so vital because a, a, a Christian without a church is like an orphan. It is a Christian without a church is like an orphan. So when you're born, you're automatically born into a race. How many of you know what that race is? The human race. You got no choice in the matter. Okay, if you are a biological human born, you, that's what you are. You're a human. You can identify in 2020 as a cat or a dog or a unicorn or a seal or whatever you want. But you are a biological human born into the human race. And you got no choice in the matter. Welcome to the planet. You're in the human race. But what you don't have a choice in is the family. So I'm born into the human race, so here I am, but I didn't become a part of my family until somebody decided to take me home from that hospital where I was born. Thankfully, I had two parents who loved me and wanted to take me home and said, I'm going to raise you, I'm going to love you, I'm going to care for you, I'm going to make sure that you're my son and you're watched over and you're going to be a part of my family. And they chose me. They chose me to be a part of my family. And so what does a baby need more than anything else in this world? What a baby needs is a family. That's what a baby needs. And so that that is true as as a new believer, as a young Christian or a baby Christian. What a baby Christian needs is not a bunch of Bible studies. And what a baby Christian needs is not a bunch of prayer lists and all these different things. You know what a baby Christian needs? A spiritual family. Because that spiritual family is going to love them, nurture them, be there for them, support them. It's going to teach them what to do in crisis situation, how to live and how to manage it. It's going to help them when they fail and raise them up, cover them in their weaknesses and reflect their strengths. It's going to encourage them and be there for them. It's going to teach them the disciplines of the church and how to live for Jesus. It's a spiritual family. That's what everybody needs. And this is important. This is important. Look at some Bible verses. Romans eight sixteen. God's spirit joins himself to our spirits to declare that we are God's children. So God says, you're my children. When you're in my family, you're my children. 1 Timothy 3, I want you to know how people who are members, there's that important word member, that means somebody who's being the church, connected to the church, connected to God's family, members of God's family must live. And then he says, God's family is the church. In other words, we've got to be taught how to be God's family. We've got to be taught in every kind of family. How many of you have, in your family, you've got different sets of rules for your family life? You've got chores for the kids, you've got different assignments for different people, everybody knows their roles. Well, the same is true in the family of God. We've all got our different assignments, we've all got our rules, we've got our sets of standards, we've all got things we've got to do. And God says, I need you to learn how to do this in my family. I need you to learn how to thrive and live in my family. 1 Peter 2.17 says this, love your brothers and sisters in God's family. So the number one rule of being in God's family means this, I promise to always love the other family members. No matter what, I'm going to promise to love you. That means I'm going to love you on the good days, I'm going to love you on the bad days. It doesn't mean I have to like everybody, right? But I definitely have to love you. I've got to love you the way God would love you. That means there's going to be times of service. Sometimes sacrifice. Sometimes discipline. Sometimes encouragement. But it's that love that bonds us and keeps us together. And he says this is very important. You're going to learn to love each other. God says you've got to learn to love me with all your heart and soul. And then you've got to love your neighbor as yourself. That love keeps us together. Colossians 3.14 Most important, so this is very important, love each other. Love is what holds you all together in perfect unity. Love keeps this spiritual house together love keeps this place together love holds the family of God together so what's the what's the benefit of having a church family write this down when I'm when I'm in the in this church family the benefit is I get to fulfill my purpose so I get to serve because I'm accepted and I'm in a position to be used by God to both give and receive that love so I serve and I fulfill that purpose and so life is all about this connection, especially in the body of Christ. If you're disconnected, you're missing out on so much love that God has for you. You're not in a position to receive it. And so if you find yourself kind of empty and you're wondering why, are you connected? Make sure you're connected. I'm going to go back to the very first verse that was on our handout. Actually, 2 Corinthians chapter 8. We didn't read it, but I'm going to go back to that. The Bible says this. Paul talks about two kinds of commitments. He says this. First, they gave themselves to the Lord and then, by God's will, they gave themselves to us as well. So the first commitment, Paul says, was to, to God, to his church family. So again, you become a Christian by committing your heart and life to Jesus Christ. And you start being the church by committing yourself then to a group of people, to a body of believers. And that you say, it's going to be my spiritual home. So first he says, they gave themselves to the Lord. That's what you could do first. And then he says, that we gave ourselves to a group of people. And became the church. And these two commitments were what helped that early church thrive. So important. So that tells me this. If I say I love Jesus, but I say I hate the church, it's a contradiction. I can't say that. I can't say, I love Jesus, but I hate his church. No, because if you love Jesus, you love his church. Because that church is his body. Right? That's like saying, that's like you telling me, hey, Pastor Josh, I love you, but I hate your body. Well, that's mean. Jerk. Right? You can't do that. It doesn't function that way. It doesn't work that way. If I love Jesus, I love his body. All right? This is very, very important. And he says, first, they gave themselves to the Lord, and then they gave themselves to us. And he said, so he's emphasizing this is a choice, not automatic. And so that tells me this. Listen, I don't care what church you join. I mean, I do care. I don't mean it that way. There's a lot of great churches in this region other than New Life Church, New Life is one of them. I believe I, I'm going to definitely promote what God's doing at New Life Church because this is where God has called us and where He's plan is. But as a, as a believer who cares about the kingdom of God, I want people who are called here. I do. And I'm not going to give you an excuse to leave. I'm going to give you reasons to stay. That's for sure. But my heart as a pastor is I understand that if you're not connected here but you can be connected somewhere, you need to be Connected. You have to be. For you to thrive and grow, this is so, so important. Listen, I'm, I, and I'm support. If, if somebody is lifting up the name of Jesus, if a church is glorifying Jesus Christ, we're on the same team. You got it? We're on the same team. I'm not in competition with other churches. In fact, I'm friends with a lot of these pastors and friends with a lot of these ministers. And a lot of times, we talk about you guys. We offer trades. No, I'm just joking. We don't do that. <laughs> I'll trade you two of these for one of those. <laughs> No, that was awful. Lord, I apologize. So anyway, we don't do that, but I understand the importance of being connected. You've got to to be connected. You've got to have those roots that are growing and being a part of this vibrant body of believers. It's so important. A lot of people think, well, I can't go to church because it's not perfect and people are messed up and all this, and so you're looking for the treasure, the perfect church. Good luck. There is no such thing as a perfect church. There is no such thing as a perfect people that does not exist. The church is filled with imperfect people, and that's what makes us beautiful. And so if you find the perfect church, you won't be allowed to join. You'll ruin it. Listen, New Life Church is a church is a church for people who want to grow. And, I, and I, I tell you this all the time, but we're a challenging church. I'm going to preach a word that's going to challenge you. Because you can't just sit here and be okay with that. You're going to want to grow in this church. And, and, and also, we're all broken, but we're not crazy. If anything, we're crazy for Jesus because He's putting us all together. And we know where our help comes from. We know where the Savior is. And so that's, that's number three. Or, excuse me, so that's number two. Number three. Oh, wait, did I already give you number three? Man, I am flying through this message. Number four. Oh, this one's my favorite. Number four, it connects me to the power of Jesus. It connects me to the power of Jesus. So remember, I'm not just believing, I'm belonging. The Bible teaches this in John 15. Jesus says, I'm the vine, you're the branches. If you stay connected to me and I'm connected to you, you will bear much fruit. But apart from me, you can do what? Nothing. Apart from me, you can do what? Nothing. Now in my notes, I wrote the words jack and squat because that's what mattered. That's what made sense to me. So apart from me, you can do jack squat, Josh. That's emphasizing the difference. He's saying, listen, connected, bear fruit. Disconnected, jack squat. Get the picture? This is the importance of connections here. He's saying these connections empower us. They keep that power flowing through us. You've heard me say this often. Things work best when they're plugged in. And we know this is true in every area of life. I love toast. I love to eat toast. I love to toast things, toast bagels, toast English muffins, toast bread. I love it. So I could get, I could get a toaster that is awesome. Like the state of the art toaster. It's got a digital display. I don't know why you'd need that, but they come with that now. So I could have a digital display and a touch screen and I could watch TV on my toaster while I'm making toast. I could have the bread and everything that I want to put on this toast. But guess what happens? If I take this toaster and it is not connected to a power source, I could put the bread in the toaster. I could be all this. Guess what I got when I'm done? Bread. I still got bread. It's because I'm not plugged in. Things work best when they're plugged in. Stay plugged in and connected to the power source. So that power, that life, that energy is constantly flowing through you. Some, some of us wonder, why am I so weak? Why am I struggling? Are you connected? Are you connected? Because if you're connected, that power will flow. If you find yourself disconnected, that might have answered your question might have answered your question, why you're not feeling that strength and that power. Again, in verse 4 of chapter 15, a branch cannot produce any fruit by itself. It has to stay attached to the vine, and in the same way you can't produce fruit unless you live in me. That word produce right there is so vital, so key. He's saying connections, Jesus is saying this, connections keep us productive. Connections keep us going. I don't know, I'm not going to make you raise your hand, but there there are some times where life happens and you get busy. And you find yourself missing a service. Find yourself missing two services. Find yourself missing three or four services. Next thing you know, you haven't been to church in a month or two. Next thing you know, you find your spiritual productivity just tanking. You want to know why? It's because you've disconnected. It's disconnected. And that drift happens so quick. Before you even realize it, next thing you know, you are finding yourself weaker than usual, struggling mentally, struggling spiritually. Stay connected. Jesus is emphasizing this. If you want to produce fruit, you can't do it on your own. You've got to stay connected. You've got to stay connected to the source. Galatians five twenty two and 23 tells us all this fruit that's produced in our life. Put that passage up. Uh, the fruit of the Spirits, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. All these things. Leave that up there on the screen for a minute. So how many of you would love to have all of this fruit being constantly produced in your life? I would. That's, an, uh, that's some great stuff there. Love, yeah. Joy, yeah. Peace, yeah. All these great things being produced in your life on a regular basis. It only happens if you're connected. Why? Because every one of those characteristics are relational. They require relationships. You can't have love just by yourself. You need a relationship to know what love is and to grow in love. You learn patience from relationships. Everybody has learned that one. Some of us the hard way. You learn peace in relationships. You learn gentleness in relationships. Uh, You learn faithfulness. And you learn all these things through relationships. You don't do them on your own. It's relationships that you learn these, and it's all about connection, a matter of connection. You've got to stay connected. And when you're connected to that vine, connected to that source, the picture is this, then you've got that love and that joy and that peace, all these opportunities to learn and to thrive. And so what's the benefit here? Um... I get to now go and make a difference because I'm empowered by God. I have this, pr- this fruit being produced in my life, and so now I can take this and share it. I can now go and make a difference in the rest of the world. I've got God's power to change in my life. I'm empowered, so now I can go make a difference in someone else's life. So being the church means I'm connected to God. Um, I'm getting to know Him. I'm a part of His eternal family. I'm getting to trust Him. He's helping me to do the second thing, which is to grow. Grow in my faith. uh, Developing my faith through the Word of God and through these relationships. Um, That's also helping me to now discover my spiritual gifts for serving others, which we call serve. And that leads me to the fourth thing. I stay empowered and connected through the power of Jesus, through the power of the Holy Spirit, which empowers me to now go and make a difference. And so those four steps are where we get our strategy for making disciples and growing here at New Life Church in our faith. We call it belong, grow, serve, and go. They're on T-shirts, and you're going to see them more and more and more throughout this church over the next year as as we keep this going. But it's so important. So listen, Jesus is coming back one day. How many of you believe that? Feels like he could come back today, right? With all the crazy things going on in the world. <clears throat> but let me just say this: even if he doesn't come back today or tomorrow or even in a thousand years, there's one thing that's going to remain on this earth until he does. You know what that is? The church. He has established this church. The church has withstood persecution for thousands and thousands of years. Through businesses will change, political, politics will change, things will come and go, but you know what will remain the same? Jesus the church will remain because that is the source of how he's going to reach these people this world for Jesus he's going to do it through you and me and so it's important it's important for us to understand I have to go all in I have to be the church I have to be the church and the church is made up of imperfect people I'm one of them you're one of them we're not perfect but that's again what makes us beautiful Is the power of God bringing all this imperfection, all these different imperfect pieces, for some reason, form this beautiful masterpiece picture? And then we start to see how God has orchestrated and put together His family. Belong, grow, serve, and go.